Welcome to the Faith Lift Radio Podcast, where doubt is destroyed and your faith is lifted. Here's today's message from Dr. Glenn. You know, the older that I become, the more disillusioned that I get with uh, Western Christianity. Okay, uh, we have removed uh, in our Western Christianity, we've removed all aspect of the sacraments. We've removed all aspect of the, a lot of the aspect of the supernatural out of the church. And we're trying to make God to fit in our image. And, uh, but Christianity is raw power. Christianity is a connection between you and the most high God. Can you say amen? Praise God. Glory be to God. So I want to talk to you tonight about the power of midnight prayer, which uh, for, for the most part has uh, virtually left a lot of our Western church. We need to re-engage the power of midnight prayer back into our church. Now, I want us to look up in our Bible, please, the book of Acts, the 16th chapter. Now, you know, Paul and Silas, they were going to prayer and they had an encounter with the spirit of Python. The King James Bible used the word, the spirit of divination, but the Greek text says it was the spirit of Python, all right, that uh, wants to cast that spirit out of that girl, that spirit stirred up, are you listening, uh, the crowd and uh, Paul and Silas was thrown in jail. Now look in your Bible, please, verse 23, and when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Now, you need to underline in your Bible, they were in prison, beaten up in prison, whipped and in prison, and now they were thrust into the inner prison and their feet was fast in the stocks. Now, look in your Bible, please. But look at verse 25. I want you to underline that in your Bible. There is nothing in the Bible by accident. Everything is there for a purpose and on purpose. It says, but at midnight, everybody say at midnight. Say it again. At midnight, Paul and Silas complain and griped and moan. Is that what it says? No. At midnight, Paul and Silas cut on the tele television and was watching TiVo or were watching a, some kind of program. No, it says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. I need you to underline that. At midnight, why does the Bible say midnight? What's the significance of midnight? At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. I need you to underline that. Midnight prayer, great earthquake. Now, by the word great, write the word mega. There was a mega earthquake. So that the foundations, circle the word foundations, of the prison were shaken. And immediately, look at the word immediately. I need you to circle the word immediately. What I want you to do is to put the connection between midnight prayer, earthquake, foundation shaken, and immediately 
all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Notice that happened because Paul and Silas were praying at midnight. Now, I want us to look at some scriptures. Psalms 119, please. Psalms 119. Look what the psalmist tells us. David tells us, At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgment. At midnight I will rise. I need you to underline in your Bible. At midnight, most of us are trying to go to bed. The psalmist says, At midnight I will rise. Amen. To give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. Now, I want us to see uh, in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 25 what Jesus says here. Jesus said, But while man slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. While man slept, while you're sleeping, the enemy is at work. I need you to understand that. While you are sleeping in prayerlessness, the enemy is busy at work. He comes to sow tares among the wheat and went his way. I want us to I want us to look at another scripture, please. Psalms fifty-five, Psalms fifty-five and verse sixteen. Psalms fifty-five and verse sixteen, please. Hallelujah, glory to God. Says, as for me, I will call upon God. In other words, I'm going to pray, and the Lord shall save me. Verse seventeen: Evening, morning, and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and He shall hear my voice. He has delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. Look at the word battle. Look at the word battle. Prayer battles. I want you please to underline the word prayer or call and write a circle the word battle and put a connection. So there is prayer battles. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to understand that. Okay, now, I want you, before I give you the significance of midnight prayer and the importance of midnight prayer, I want you to write three things down that I need you to really understand. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I want you to write this down. There are levels in God that we will never attain. There are levels in the Spirit and in God that we will not attain until we master the art and the act of midnight praying. Let me say it again. There are levels in God, in the Spirit, that we will never attain, that you and I will never attain until we master the art and the act of midnight praying. Now, many of us, we have mastered the art of gaming at midnight, but we haven't learned to master the art and the act of midnight praying. Now, that's point number one. Point number two, I want you to write this down. There are depth of revelations that you will not access until you learn 
the secret of prolonged midnight prayers. Let me say it again. There are depth of revelations, wells that are yet to be uncapped, that you will not access until you learn the secret of prolonged midnight prayers. Number three, I need you to write this down. There are satanic strongholds, altars, thrones, chains that we may not ever be able to dismantle unless we engage prolonged midnight prayer battles. Let me say it again. Number three. There are satanic strongholds, altars, thrones, gates, and chains that we may never be able to dismantle until and unless we engage prolonged midnight prayer battles. Now, if you're a pastor, if you're a minister, if you want to be used by God, you've got to pay attention to that point number three. Let me say it again. There are satanic strongholds, altars, thrones, gates, and chains that you may not ever be able to dismantle unless and until you, un you engage prolonged midnight prayer battles. You need to really pay attention to that. Now, look at Job chapter 36. Job chapter 36. It says, Desire not the night when people are cut off in their places. In the night, people, when we're sleeping in prayerlessness, people are cut off in their places. The New Living Translation goes like this. Do not long for the cover of night, for that is when people are destroyed and cut off. Now, look at Job 34 and verse 20. So that, that tells you that's serious business, ladies and gentlemen, that people are cut off from their places. That means that there are places that are rightfully yours. But if you don't learn to engage prayers, night prayers, midnight prayers, what is the significance of it? Then you'll be taken off your place. Job 34, verse 20. Look what it says here. In the moment shall they die, and the people shall be troubled at midnight and pass away, and the mighty shall be taken without hand. You got to underline that in your Bible. In the moment shall they die, and the people shall be troubled at midnight, and pass away, and the mighty shall be taken away without hand. My, my, my. Now, look in your Bible, please. The murderer, rising with the light, killeth the poor and the needy, and in the night is as, the, as a thief. The murderer, rising with the light, 
killeth the poor and the needy, and in the night is as a thief. Did you see that? Did you hear that? All right, glory to God. So that's Job 34, uh, Job 34 as well, verse 20, praise the Lord. And then Job, uh, Job 24, verse 14. David understood this. This is why he said in Psalms 119 and verse 148. Psalms 119 and then verse 148. I want you to see this, glory to God. Psalms 119 and verse 148 says, My eyes stay open through the watches of the night. You need to underline that in your Bible. The watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. Then you look at Psalm 63 and verse 6. Look at what David says. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. So David calls his night praying night watches. Why did he do that? Why did he call it night watches? I want you to write this down. Okay. There are eight watches in a 24 hour day. There are eight watches in a 24 hour day. Our day, which is made up of 24 hours, have got eight watches, four watches of the day and then four watches of the night. Now, I need you to understand these watches, the watch times, they are gates of exits and gates of entrance. Let me say it again. These eight watches, the watch times, they are gates of exit, things that will leave your life, and gates of entry, things that will enter into your life. Now, so there are eight watches. Listen to this now. And we know that the number eight is the number of new beginnings. Four watches of the day and four watches of the night. I want you to write this down, please. The first watch of the day. Now, remember, a watch, when Jesus says watch and pray, he's not talking about your watch. A watch was a segment of three hours. I've been driving this to you, into you today, and I'm going to drive it again. A watch, when Jesus said, what could you not watch with me? He was talking about a three-hour watch divided into three one-hour segment. So a watch is a segment of three hours. Are you listening? So let's talk about the first watch of the day. The first watch of the day, ladies and gentlemen, is the 6 a.m. till 9 a.m. slot. Now, this is a time for declarations and utterances and a time when divinity connects with humanity and humanity connects with divinity. All right, that's the first watch of the day. This is the watch for the beginning of sunrise, 6 a.m., till 9 a.m. That's the first watch of the day. This is a time for declaration and utterances. This is a time when humanity connect with divinity and divinity connect with humanity. Are you listening? That's the first watch of the day, 6 a.m. till 9 a.m. The second watch of the day is 9 a.m. till noon. 9 a.m. till noon. All right? 
Now, intercessors call this the exits and the entry watch. All right. Now, listen to this very carefully here. Um, this is a time that is known, commonly referred to as exits and entry watch. And this is a time where uh, you you also connect with God. I'll give you uh, in more details some of the time because I, I don't have much time. I want to get to the significance of the midnight watch. The third watch of the day is the noon till 3 p.m. The noon till 3 p.m. All right, that's the third watch of the day. This is a time, hallelujah, of preparation. Glory be to God. Amen. That will bring about great miraculous growth in your life. All right, the third watch of the day is noon to 3. Noon to 3. Then the fourth watch of the day is, I want you please to write this down, please. The 3 p.m. till 6 p.m. watch. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the, the disciple used to go to prayer at that time, 3 to 6 p.m. All right. This is this watch is a time to transform history and remove veils. Glory be to God. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. When Jesus died and was crucified, the veil was torn off. All right. Now, let's look at the, uh, the the first watch of the night, the early night watch. Write this down, please. This is the um, first watch of the night. That's the 6 p.m. till the 9 p.m. 6 p.m. till 9 p.m. This is a critical hour to reflect for reflection and to command the release of blessings. To, re the command, to command the release of blessings. All right. The second watch of the night is the 9 p.m., Till midnight. This is a time of thanksgiving and preparation for the third watch of the night. All right. Now, uh, maybe next week or the week after, I will deal with all this, this, the all the specifics of these watches. All right. But the second watch of the night is the 9 p.m. till midnight. This is a time of thanksgiving, but also solemn preparation for the third watch of the night. Now, the third watch watch of the night is the midnight till the 3 a.m. That's the one we're going to focus on today. And that's called, I want you to write this down, the witching watch or the warfare watch. The witching hour, the witching watch or the warfare watch. If it is not a spiritual warfare on your behalf, then you'll be bewitched. You will be bewitched. That's the time that the enemy is rampant and at work. Are you listening? All the demonic activities takes place, uh, a, a lot of it takes place at the midnight hour till the 3 a.m. hour. That is what's called the witching hour or the warfare watch. All right? That's the one of the most important watches of the night is the watch of battles, is the watch to possess the gates of the enemy. Midnight is very strategic watch. All right, and it is symbolic of intense darkness. But God is the light in the darkness. And at that midnight watch, midnight till 3 a.m., he will give you divine strategy at that time to secure victory in your life. Can you say amen? Remember at this time of, the, uh, of that watch, uh, the third watch of the night, midnight till 3 a.m., this is where satanic activities are at its height, all right? So this is why it's known as the witching watch or the warfare watch. Are you listening? 
the fourth watch of the night, uh, glory to God, which comes after the third one, is the 3 a.m. till 6 a.m. This is the watch that is called the water walking watch. The water walking watch. Remember that Jesus, amen, in the fourth watch of the night, walk on the water. He already been here through his third watch and he already won the battle. Now at the fourth watch, he's walking on the water. The fourth watch of the night is the water walking watch. Can you say amen? Praise God. This is a time when God releases dew and the blessings of heaven. Praise God. God gave us eight watches to create a new beginning for us. All right. Now, I want to focus now on the importance and the power of midnight prayer. You'll see that all over the Bible. Now, what do we mean by midnight prayer? I want you to write this down, please. Midnight prayer is the practice, the art, the act of praying at midnight to battle against wicked forces endeavoring to devour your life, your family, your church, your ministry, and provoking immediate, immediate and swift judgment upon your enemies. You want to write this down. Let me say it again. What is the importance of the midnight watch? What is the importance of midnight prayer? Why do we say it is imperative for you that you, in your prayer arsenal, that if you can't do it every day, at least once a week or once a month, you have in your arsenal, amen, the power of midnight prayer. If you, I'm not telling you that you have to do it every day. Now, seasoned prayer warriors, they would. This is what they do. People who are seasoned prayer warriors, they'll go to bed early, six o'clock, six p.m., seven p.m., then get up shortly before midnight to pray for at the third watch, the midnight to the three a.m. Are you listening? And then after three a.m., they go back to bed again. Now, I know you're busy, and I know you got work, so you can't do that every day. But at least once a week, you can do that. Or once a month, you can do that. Now, let me tell you this. You can do the midnight prayer on two levels. Corporately or by yourself. Corporately in the within the church body, with your church body, or all by yourself. I've been to all-night prayer meetings in church. And I've done all night prayer meeting by myself. Are you listening? Which one do I love? I love both of them. There's power in united prayers. And there's power in praying by yourself. Jesus spent all night long by himself in prayer. Are you hearing me, saints? Jacob was left alone at night with God. And he wrestled with God with an angel at nighttime. Can you say amen? So midnight prayer can be uh, practiced corporately or on or an or on an individual level. 
All right, so let's look at the power of midnight prayers, but let's redefine it again. I want you to write this down. The secret of midnight prayer is the practice of praying at midnight to battle against wicked forces, to battle against wicked forces, endeavoring to devour your life, your family, your children, your church, your ministry, especially if you've been called into the ministry, especially if you, be, if you have a church, as a church body, we need to understand the secret of midnight prayer. The biggest church in the world that was pastored by Yonggi Cho, they understood the secret of all night prayer meetings, midnight prayer meetings. You look at the churches which are going through revivals and are hot for God. They understand the concept, the power, the importance of midnight prayer. You see a man who's on fire for God, who walks in signs and wonders. He'll understand the power of midnight prayer. Pastor, ministers, it is not enough for you to just fill your head with books. You need to understand that you need to spend a long stretch of time praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the night seasons to command the night seasons. Glory to God. If you master the night season, you will control the day season. Can you say amen? Glory be to God. Now, let's look at the power of midnight prayer. I'm going to try to give you seven today, the importance and the power of midnight prayer. Midnight prayer, glory to God, once you write this down, will bring a shaking, an earthquake to the foundation of every prison, every change that's holding you captive or that you may find yourself in. Let me say it again. Number one, midnight prayer will trigger an earthquake to the very foundation, to the very core of the prison that has held you bound and break every change that the enemy has put your hand and your feet into. The scripture says, Acts chapter 16 and verse 25, glory to God. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Can I get some Paul and Silas today? Are you a Paul and Silas today? If you are a Paul and Silas today, ladies and gentlemen, then you will learn the secret, the art of midnight prayer. They were facing, they were dealing with the spirit of Python. And we know that one of the characteristics of Python is to squeeze the life out of you, to bind you, to put you in a place where you can't get out. They found themselves in chains and they found themselves in prison. But at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And now look at verse 26. I want you to focus your attention at verse 26. And suddenly, midnight prayers are the type of prayers that will provoke the suddenlies in your life. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. 
so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and every man, everyone's bands were loose. And you know that the jailer himself got saved. Ladies and gentlemen, as a church, as a ministry, as a pastor, as a minister, if you do not learn the secret and the art of midnight prayer, you're not going to shake the foundation of your city. We're not going to shake the foundation of Louisville, Kentucky, Jacksonville, Florida, until we learn the secret of all night and midnight prayers. Jesus did it. Paul and Silas did it. Moses did it. Nehemiah did it. Glory to God. Daniel did it. You'll see it. You'll see it all over your Bible. Are you listening to me, somebody? Glory be to God. So midnight prayers will bring earthquake and provoke suddenlies into your life and shake the foundation. Prayers that shake the foundational problems of your life. Glory be to God. And let me tell you this. If you're a pastor, if you are a minister, and the people in your church are praying or you leave the prayer meetings to other people but you yourself. You don't get involved in all-night prayer meetings. Do you know there are senior pastors like that? There are senior pastors like that. They play golf. <laughs> they play golf, but they never take the prayer meetings themselves. They never lead the people, teach. And no pastor is greater than when he's on his face. Before his congregation, on his knees, leading the people to pray. Are you listening to me, somebody? If you want to provoke suddenlies in your life, and to see prison doors open, not just Paul and Silas, but the prison doors open in your city, glory be to God. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Then you need to pray. You need to pray midnight prayers. That's number one. Number two. Number two. Look in your Bible with me right now. Look in your Bible. One of the blessings that uh, belongs to the seed of Abraham and you are a seed of Abraham. Look in your Bible, please. The seed of Abraham. I want you to look at Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. And look what God says here. Hallelujah. God is speaking to Abraham in verse 16. By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. Now look now. And thy seed... Thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Now, what does that mean? Uh, if, if we uh, bring Abraham today and tell Abraham, have you checked your email? He wouldn't have a clue what we're talking about. And a lot of us don't have a clue because we don't use that in, a, in our vernacular today, possessing the gate of your enemies. Possessing the gates of your enemies, ladies and gentlemen, when God said that to Abraham, he knew exactly what God was talking about. That was a military term, military term that has to do of taking cities. You take cities one by one to take the nation. You take the cities 
one by one, to take the nation. So this was a military term. Are you listening? Now, in Galatians chapter 3, let's go to Galatians chapter 3, please. The very last verse, the very last verse of Galatians chapter 3, praise God, says this. If you, verse 29, if you belong to Christ, then are you Abraham's seed? That means you. That's watching me tonight. You are Abraham's seed. As a church, we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So, if we are an heir according to the promise, then we ought to be possessing the gates of our enemies. What does that mean? We ought to be taking our city for God. Well, how do we do that? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Let's see who did it. Let's go to the book of Judges, chapter 16. Judges, chapter 16, please look in your biblicals. Judges, chapter 16. And I'm going to read, <clears throat> glory to God, verse 3. And Samson lay till midnight, and he arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of the hill that is before Hebron. I want you to notice the word that he took the, the two doors of the gate of the city and the two posts, and he put them upon his shoulders. When the Bible talks to you about shoulders, it's talking about carrying the weight. It's talking about intercession. Intercession. Now, how did uh, Samson do it? At midnight, he arose, and he tore the gates off, and put it upon his shoulders. Unless we learn as a church, unless you learn as a pastor, as a minister, to rise up in the midnight hour, glory to God forever, and begin to pray. How will you possess the gates of your city? Let me talk to you right now. Look at me. Look at me, Jacksonville. Look at me, Louisville. Look at me, London. Look at me, Italy. Look at me right now, Canada. Look at me right now, wherever you may be. How will you possess the gates? How will you take the city if you do not do what Samson did. You'll see the same thing in Acts, the 12th chapter. The scripture says, uh, in the nighttime, the church was praying without ceasing. And an angel of the Lord came, glory to God, and took Peter out. And he came by the first ward, the second ward. And he went by the iron gate that leadeth to the city. Every city has a gate that needs to be possessed by the seed of Abraham. Come on, lift up your hands and say, I'm a seed of Abraham. Glory be to God. And I need, <clears throat> amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to God. Let me show you something else here. Let me show you another scripture here. Thank you, Jesus. Look at Genesis chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24. Look what was prophesied upon uh, Rebekah, who was married to Isaac, the promised seed. And they blessed, Genesis chapter 24 and verse 60. And they blessed Rebekah and said unto her, Thou art our sister, be thou the mother of thousands of millions. Thousands of millions. Somebody shout, thousands of millions. And let thy seed possess the gate of those that 
hate them. It's only when we possess the gates that we become mothers. The church becomes mothers. Glory be to God of thousands of millions. Can you say amen? So the reason why we believe in the power of midnight prayer is to possess the gates of our enemies so we can take the city. So we can take the city. Can you say amen? Glory to God. The third power of midnight prayer. Now listen to me. Listen to me now. If you've got children, all right, this is highly important. This is highly important. Look at 1 Kings in chapter 3. 1 Kings in chapter 3, please. Some of you right now, you don't understand why your children are acting like the devil. All right, why they're acting like uh, demons when they grew up in church. They've been baptized in water. Some of them have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, but they walked away from God. Look what happened here. 1 Kings chapter 3, please. Look in your Bible, please. Look in your Bible. And I'm going to read verse... Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to start reading from verse 18 uh, till verse uh, 20. And it came to pass the third day after that I was delivered. That this, this, this is the woman talking to King Solomon, two of them. All right, it says, I was delivered <clears throat> also, and we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. And this woman, look at verse 19 now, 1 Kings 3 and verse 19, this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. Now look at verse 20. Look in your Bible, please. Look at verse 20. Everybody read verse 20 with me, please. And she arose. At what time? At midnight. And took my son from beside me. And while thine handmaid slept. And laid it in her bosom. And laid her dead child in my bosom. Are you listening? All right. Can you see that? Can you see that? And when I rose up in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered in the morning, behold, it was not my son, which I did bear. Notice that at midnight, while one lady was sleeping, there was a swap. A swap went on without her knowing it. And her child was taken away from her and she was given a child that was not hers, a dead child. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've got children, if you've got sons and daughters, if you've got grandbabies, if you've got nephews and nieces, it is time to understand that we got to get up in the midnight hour and begin to pace the floor up and down and begin to pray for these kids, begin to pray and call their names. And let me tell you this, you need to learn to cite the names of your children before the throne of God, before the throne of grace. Let the names of your children, let the names of your grandbaby be familiar before the throne room of God. Can you say amen? Glory to God. You don't want to be a, you don't want there to be a swap of your child that you don't recognize your child you said no that's not my child my child is not this way my child's not that way why is your child acting that way why has your child walked away from the from the life of god the ways of god the word of god the principles of god because you and i we have been too busy sleeping the night that's the reason why the bible say unto you woe be to them that are at ease in Zion. You got to call the names 
of your children. I don't want, I don't want to be a swap. I don't want to see a swap of my child. Your child grew up in church. Your child grew up in a Christian home. Your child grew up in a Christian family. You did everything that you did to do. And then they come to the age of 17, 18, 19 years old, 20 years old. And they start walking away from God. No, 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 no. Not on our watch. Come on up. Sit down with me. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. I'm going to learn, amen, to get up in the night and pray. Glory to God. Jesus said, while men slept, enemy came and sowed tares. Are you listening to me now? Can you say amen? So we got the reason why we do midnight prayers is to stop the swapping of our children. Number four, why do we pray at midnight? Why do, you, why do you have to learn to do that, to implement that in your prayer arsenal? To slay the firstborn of Egypt, to destroy the power of the world. We know that Egypt is a type of the world. Exodus chapter 11 and verse 4. Look what God says here. That Moses said, Thus said the Lord, at midnight I'm going I'm going out into the midst of Egypt, and I will slay all the firstborn of Egypt. At midnight, I'm gonna go out into the midst of Egypt. It's the slaying of the firstborn of Egypt, it's the destruction, the destroying of the power of the world. What is the significance of the slaying of the firstborn of Egypt? Well, what's the, what's the significance? Well, go to Genesis 49. Genesis 49. And look at verse 3. Look what Jacob says. Genesis chapter 49. And look at verse 3. Reuben, you are my firstborn. You're my might. You're the first sign of my strength. Excelling in honor, excelling in power. So the firstborn although represent the might, represent the strength, represent the honor and the power of the Father. So when God slew, are you listening? The firstborn of Egypt, it was number one. Also remember that, that the firstborn of Egypt were deemed to be as gods. But also it's the strength, the might of the world. So we pray midnight prayers to slay the power of the world that's come against us. Can you say amen? Can you say glory to God? Okay. Number five, why do, do you, why must we as a church, amen, whether in Louisville or whether in Jacksonville, what should you as parents, as fathers and mothers, or single, single parents, Single mother, why must you learn to get up and pray at the midnight hour? Why? Number five, listen to this now. This is very important, very important for you, is to destroy the evil altars of your father. To destroy the evil altars of your past generations. Now, where do we find that? Let's go to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to read verse 25 till verse 28. <clears throat> and it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, that be Gideon, 
And remember, Gideon was facing the Midianite curse. The Midianite curse, ladies and gentlemen, is the curse of poverty and lack. It's the curse of working, but you have nothing to show for it. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take your father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down. Did you see that? Throw down the altar of Baal that thy father has. The altar of Baal. And cut down the grove that is by it. And build another altar unto the Lord thy God. I want you to please to write this down, ladies and gentlemen. The battle of life is the battle of altars. The greatest altar in life is the altar of Calvary, the cross of Christ. But in your family, there has been some altars that your forefathers got themselves into. Um, some of you, your forefathers were, were into idolatry. All right? Idolatry, witchcraft, uh, iniquities. Are you listening? And that's why you see that uh, you act the way you act. Uh, there's some, there are some tendencies in your life because of the former altars. And God said to Gideon, you got to destroy the altar of your father's house and build me a new altar unto the Lord. Remember what I told you on Sunday, that an altar, I gave you three definitions of what an altar is. Right? I gave you a definition of what an altar is. But we majored on the third definition. An altar is a spiritual system that controls and determines human destinies. Are you listening? For the better or for the worse. Remember I said to you that the Hebrew word for the word altar is the word misbeah. And the word misbeah means slaughter. It means sacrifice. Are you listening? It means what? Slaughter and sacrifice. If you do not deal with the evil altars of your father, it will slaughter your destiny. But when you, when you erect and you receive the altar of the cross of Christ, glory to God, the sacrifice of Jesus on the altar of Calvary will destroy the evil altars of your forefathers. Can you say amen? So the battle of life is the battle of altars. Can you say amen? All right, build me an altar, God said to Gideon, unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock. In the ordered place, where? In the ordered place, and take the second bullock and offer it up a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove, where thou shalt cut it down. Remember what I told you, and I want to drive it again unto you, into you, into your spirit, into your soul, into your consciousness. A, an altar is a place, it's a spiritual system that controls the destinies and the lives of people. For the better or for the worse. The altar of Calvary will give you and allow you to enter into the fullness of your destiny. But if you do not deal with the altars of your forefathers, then it will. there's a voice. There's a voice. 
Blood has a voice. Blood has a voice. God said to Abel, I hear your brother's blood crying. And so if your family was involved in witchcraft, in sorceries, in Ouija board, in tarot card reading, in all this garbage, you need to destroy that and speak. Speak the word because an altar is a spiritual system that determines the destinies of human beings by words, by words, by words, by confessions, and by prayers. Are you listening to me now? Can you say amen? Number six, why do we pray? So we pray midnight prayers to destroy evil altars. Number six, which brings me to point number six, midnight prayers. Why do we do so? It is for deliverance from stubborn spirits, from stubborn spirits, stubborn ailments, stubborn uh, characteristic that you can't seem to shake off in your life. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 29. It says, now it came to, it came about at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dun dungeon and all the firstborn of the cattle. Then Pharaoh came and called for Moses. He says, get up and go. Pharaoh, who had been very stubborn, had to let the people go. He had to let the people go. Ah, thank you, Jesus. I was, I was uh, teasing my daughter yesterday. Uh, you know, the scripture says that Moses had a stutter. So he went to Pharaoh. He said, Pharaoh, God said, go. So Pharaoh looked at him and said, so what you're saying is that God said, let my people go. And Moses said, did I stutter? Did I stutter? Did I stutter? All right. Thank you, Jesus. So it's deliverance from stubborn spirits. Some of you right now, you're dealing with some stubborn issues in your life. It may be, it may be an ailment. It may be a, a asthma. It may be diabetes in your family. It may be that there's a trace of alcohol in your family. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it is a stubborn thing that keeps showing up all the time. Just when you think that it's gone, it rears its ugly head again. So number six, it is the reason why we believe in midnight prayers is for deliverance from stubborn spirits. And... I got to close with this. Number seven, you remember the parable of the, the, the five foolish virgin and the five wise virgin. All right. They ran out of oil at midnight. So why do we pray midnight prayers? So that our vessel, number seven, will not run out of oil. So that our vessel will not run out of all of oil. It is impossible for you, I'm talking to you, 
to learn the art and the act of midnight prayers and give yourself to a long stretch of time, especially at that third watch of the night between the midnight and the 3 a.m., the witching and the warfare uh, watch, it is impossible for you to give yourself to that time to pray and seeking God and doing prayer battles and not being anointed. It's not going to happen. I'd cut my teeth on that from the time I was 15 years old. I do not know how many all-night prayer meetings I've been. I've been to all-night prayer meetings in England, all-night prayer meetings in America, all-night prayer meetings in Africa, in Nigeria, all-night prayer meetings in Mauritius. I've been to all to many untold amount of all-night prayer meetings. I've been in all-night prayer meeting by myself. I was in an all-night prayer meeting by myself, in a midnight prayer meeting by myself last night after midnight. Are you listening? And most of the time, I love to pray in the night. Yes, last night, I'm going to do it again tonight. All right. About 10 o'clock, I take my dog out again for another walk. And we go and pray, walk around the neighborhood and just pray in the Holy Ghost. Just pray in the Holy Ghost for the establishment of the will of God. Then about midnight, after midnight, begin to pray. Begin to pray for the will of God to be established in my life. Pray for the will of God to be established. We want revival. We want souls to be saved. We've got to possess the gates of our enemies. Now, like I said, I know you can't do it every day. I know you're busy and I know you've got work. But make it a habit, even if it's not with your church family. Maybe just you by yourself. Amen. Pray at least once a week at midnight. Now, you can pray at any time of the day you want to. But one of the secrets of prayer and to have uh, a weapon in your arsenal, prayer arsenal, is the power of midnight prayer to trigger immediate and deal with the stubborn and no more swapping, no more swapping of your children. Glory be to God. Can you say amen? Thanks for listening to this episode of the Faith Lift Radio Podcast. For more information about Dr. Glenn and how to offer your financial support, log on to glennarecchion.org.